Now we have sung, Saviour, lead me lest I stray, and we say, I am safe when by thy side. Lead me, lead me, Saviour, lead me, lest I stray. Let us read Proverbs 27, verse 8. Proverbs 27, verse 8, let's read in unison, reading. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Let us read this once more. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. May God bless the reading of his word. Now when we think of birds, an animal, that we, a creature that we may seldom notice, especially when it comes to the time when they build their nest, because it's usually hidden from sight. There is a lesson that God wants us to learn about, about birds leaving the nest. Now what is this about? What is this nest and this place? Look at verse 8, God says, wandering from her nest and then wandering from his place. This place, what is it about? Now when birds are about to um, give birth, what they will do is they will begin to build the nest, as you know. Before that, they spend their time free and easy, flying around, flying with other birds, catching the worm, end of the day singing and just enjoying the sunset. But the moment they know that they need to lay the eggs, they will begin to change. They will have a very um, key focus, and that is to build the nest, to build the nest. So at that time, they begin to realize there are responsibilities that are coming. It's somehow built in them, lessons for us to learn. They also realize that some new life will depend on them. So they are very careful. They will build the nest where it will be very safe for the new lives. Now God created these creatures for us to learn from. They realize now, I need to now, because of this new responsibility, I have a place to be at, a post. Alright, so, and that will be the nest. From my study room, when I look down to my neighbor's bush, right? In the last many years, I've stayed there. I've I've seen three generations of cuckoo birds. All right, three generations. When I first moved in, I saw the couple, and then they gave birth. Then that generation had another family, and I'm seeing the third generation now. It's very interesting to see the time when they want to build the nest. They will they will either go very deep into the bushes or they will try to build it on my, on one of my, my fan at the, at the, what you call it, the, the portico area, there's a fan, right? Because it's safe. And then it will stay there. It will be very careful. Now the next thing is, so it's not just a place, it is a post, a responsibility, but they have a purpose, right? So this place refers to new responsibility with a purpose. So the place, it could be a physical place. The post, responsibilities, purpose, something to be met. So that is what the nest would represent to the bird and what we should learn from it.
Now, when after after salvation, we too have a place, because God has already ordained certain things for our lives, or I would say all things for our life, where we should be. After salvation, we have a new set of responsibilities as a Christian, being a witness and so forth and so forth, so on and so forth, many things that we have learned. And at the end of all this, throughout our lives, we have a very clear purpose on earth. That is our place, our place after salvation. Now, what is this wondering then? Knowing the place, then what is wondering? It is not so much about, well, when I look at the nest and then the bird comes back and then it will fly off. When one flies off, the other stays at the nest, right? To get food and it comes back to feed. It's very interesting, when I was in Singapore, we had a, 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 a bush just outside our door. And this, these birds, also these canaries, yellow canaries, I think, they would build those hanging nests. And because that bush is very thick and it's very spiky, they know that they're safe. But they will always go out, come back, go out, come back. Um, I think got frightened of me. The next generation, they built in my neighbor's house, right? Maybe they look less fierce than me. They will eat breakfast and the birds will go back and forth and back and forth. But they don't stay away long at all. All right? they, they, they go and come back to fulfill a purpose. All right? So this wondering is not so much about going out and coming back, fulfilling responsibilities, what are needed. Now this is about wondering, this wondering is just go out, gallivanting. You know, gallivanting, just, just aimless. It used to fly around, used to have that free and easy life. So it's just going back to wondering flying with other birds, ignoring its responsibilities. So this is what this wandering is about. Now birds have responsibilities now for the eggs, um, and then when it births for the young. Now over time, this wandering gets worse and worse. So it initially gets, goes out to get food, it describes a bird that then it gets distracted, all right? Distracted, and now slowly it just, every day it goes out just to play, just to play. In referring to men, it refers to us being vacillating. There is an unrest in us. There is no... Um, life of wanting to be settled and fulfill those responsibilities. It is describing a person that is given to change, all right? Means just want changes, just want new things, just want um, to experience new things or maybe go back to the old life. Moving away from, from what it is supposed to be from now onwards. Now, we are not saying that a Christian can, should, can never change our minds, um, never change job, never change schools, never change, uh, move to another country. We are not saying that. But this is describing a tendency, all right? A tendency that is describing us as fickle-minded. 
describing us as being restless. We, we know what the Christian life is now, but we are restless. Describing us being unstable, right? It is the nest. It's supposed to be just fulfilling its new responsibilities, guarding its new post, fulfill, fulfilling its purpose. And now there is this desire to just, just move out of that free and easy life again, experience new things. Now, when a Christian becomes like that, fickle-minded, unstable, very often it's due to discontentment. Discontentment. Where we are called to, what we are supposed to be, fulfilling what purpose God has for us. We always feel that there is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Now, this actually follows from, if you look at um, if you look at verse, verse 7, the full soul loathed and honeycomb. It's back to that linkage. Something that, that is very good before you. But now you take all those things for granted. You're not contented with what God has planned for you, what God desires for your life. Very soon, the hungry, uh, this, this kind of person would think that, well, you know, maybe the other, well, for the birds maybe, look at the other birds, maybe that life is better, going back to that life again. Now, when a person is like that, fickle, unstable, discontented, such a person easily convinces himself that the next change is needed. We begin to rationalize. The next change is needed. And we ignore the thing before us. We sweep it under the cover. We don't think about it. This is needed. The wandering heart. Now, some examples we can think of is there are some people that, you know, one, mo one moment they tell you. Maybe you, you like your children, you will, you will notice that. Those of you have, who have nephews and nieces, singles, your friends. They one day come and tell them, I'm very sure this is what I need to do in life. For the Christian, I'm very sure this is God's will. Right? It's for some Christians, I'm very sure this person is whom God wants me to marry. Can't tell you the number of people since my Bible college days um, when I was a chaplain there. How many students come and seek counsel on that? I'm very sure this is God's will for me. This person and that person is God's will for me. Very soon, someone else comes along, something else changes. You know that day I told you that, right? No, no. Now I'm very sure this person is the one. A few months later, right? Oh, because of this, because of that, because of this. For some, I've encountered one, three. Went through three. I'm very sure. I said, the last one, you said you're very sure. No, I'm very sure this one is definitely the one. It's changed again after a year. That is that kind of thing. Always wondering, always, there's, there's this fickle-mindedness. Well, some jobs. I'm very sure this job is what, where God wants me to be. Very sure. Then go through this, go through that. Then very soon, oh, I don't think so. 
then change job again, change job again, change job again. It's that kind of life. This is what it is describing. In fact, whenever I have to hire people, the first thing I see, I look for in their CV is how many jobs they've gone through. Now I say again, it doesn't mean it's wrong because sometimes their companies close down, right? Every time this person joins a company, it closes down very soon. So the person have to change job. That also worries me. <laughs> Every company he joins, the department closed down. So now if the person keeps changing job, you know, every few months, every couple of years. I would put them at the bottom pile, at the bottom. Um, not to waste too much time, because for all I know, it's this kind of personality, unstable, fickle, always, always thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Now the reality is we have honeycomb in front of us, right? Honeycomb in front of us when we are unappreciative of it, when we behold it with contempt. That is what will happen to our hearts. Now why do we, or, or some, um, it could be church, church. You're here long enough to have seen as well. Many individuals, many families, many young people, they come. And they've, been, they've gone, they've come and they've gone. When they first come, wow, I've been looking for a church like that all my life. I don't know how long is that life, all my life. And then you ask, it's one church after another, after another. They don't settle anywhere. Now, of course, if they leave because the church is unsound, we definitely agree with that. We definitely encourage them to leave. But the thing is, is there any among us as well where our hearts are not settled? We somehow do not want to make commitments because we have a wandering, um, unsettled kind of character. Right? Well, you know, we can remember then, if I want to change church, and then I have to resign, you know, I'll just stay non-committal, non-committal in everything in life, so that any time I can wander again. That is the kind of person God is talking about, all right? Now, this wandering, this thought of unsettledness, we're not talking about the strangers and pilgrims' life which we've been studying on Fridays. The strangers and pilgrims' life, yeah, we should never feel settled in this world. We should never feel comfortable in this world. We should never feel like we want to, we want to feel this place to be, this world to be very permanent in our heart. And this is the opposite. The bird that hops from one branch to another, then slowly will begin to fly off, fly off. Now, why do we wonder? Why do we wonder? Have you heard of the term wanderlust? W-A-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T, Wanderlust, all right? Many of the travel website, they like to call their website Wanderlust, all right? There is a lust, they know. There is a lust in human to love, to wonder, travel, experience, new experiences, see new things. So they use those terms to, to make you feel it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Have a lust to wonder, that's good for our business, all right? Please have it. Now, it's a life. Why do we wonder why? I believe it's because we like that free and easy life, right? The moment we talk about um, a post, the moment we talk about um, responsibilities, the moment we talk about purpose, the moment we talk about place, 
we feel tied down, tied down, right? We like to have new experiences. We like to discover new, and new things that will entertain our hearts. We get bored easily. That is the reason, I believe, very often we wonder, very much like what we are reminded in verse 7. What you have that is good, but that wandering heart just keeps telling you there is something nicer to eat out there, right? There's another tree that is better to go to. It's interesting to hear Reverend quite said that he goes back to the same tree. <laughs> he talks to the same tree. And it's like, wow, maybe another tree, maybe an, another branch, then slowly another tree. And then it just wanders off. We don't like to be tied down to home. We don't like to be tied down to church. We don't be like to be tied down to a church, uh, to a job. We don't like to be tied down to certain kinds of friendship. We heard, right? The Christians, social life, it's a certain kind of friendship. But I want more different kinds. So we wander from place of safety. Another reason I believe, besides this free and easy life that we like not to be tied down, is the tendency in us to, risk, to avoid responsibilities. You see, when the bird builds a nest, to the bird it is, I am starting new responsibilities. It's very focused. You know, it's so focused, it's very difficult to drive it from the post. When it was about to build on, on my fan, I was thinking it's not going to be good. If any time I turn on the fan, which the bird doesn't know, you know, fans are meant to be turned on, they just see something next to the wall, a shallow thing, it's very safe to be there, other birds may not fly in. So Sharon and I try to chase it away all the time, to try and get it to build on the bush. You know, the, your previous generation, your grandparents, you know, they built it, try to shift it. But it is very dogged. Very difficult to get it out of focus. The sense of responsibility that is built in them is so strong. But God says some do wonder. We've seen that, alright? I'll tell you a story about a documentary I watched at the end, God willing, if I remember. Now, avoiding responsibilities is like, we, we are like that. Now, the next one I believe is, I like this term, I, I don't like this term. But I think it's a good example, all right? Just because I can. Just because I can, right? What it means is, I can. There's nothing holding me down. There's no chain holding the bird down, all right? It can fly. It has wings. It can leave. I know, I know parents are thinking, yeah, my children's beginning to say that already. Now they have grown up, they can fly. They can fly. Just because it can. Just because we can. Fulfill the wanderlust in us. And the moment we can, the tendency is, I don't like responsibilities, I don't want to be tied down. Why? Hey, but I can, you know. When I was young, I could not. I'm dependent on my parents. I'm dependent on church. I'm dependent on my job. Then suddenly you can. So friends, when we can, that is a very dangerous time. You will go through different stages of life. Those in, those in um, lower, lower grades. Then you enter high school. Hey, now I have a bit more freedom that I can have. Then you enter university. Then you have even more autonomy. You, now you can do many things, go many places, wander from the Christian walk. You can. Then you start working. All of a sudden you have money. 
I can do many things that in the past I could not. The wanderlust begins to occur just because we can. When we can, that is a time we must remember. Am I now wandering? Another reason is I've mentioned the full soul. The full soul. But this full soul is, we are full of many things of the world. It's very opposite to that, to that um, one in verse 7, right? Full of many, many things of the world. Besides having good things, full of many things, other things. Now, familiarity breeds contempt, we said that already. Then the heart begins to wonder. Now, another reason that that I believe that we like to wonder is, I've mentioned, the grass is greener on the other side. It's always there. The grass is greener on the other side, even though we have honeycomb before us. Now, what makes you wonder from your place? Some people wonder very easily. Very often, young people, you wonder from a church, even though you know it's a sound church, it's a good church, there are teachings, there's good fellowship, good Christian friends, you wonder because of friendships. Very often it's that. We see parents bringing children here and say, I want my child to be in this church. But because the child can make choices, can drive, can go to churches on their own, they say, we don't want. Because our friends are there. What about you? Will one day, for you, you also will wonder. Will you wonder because of friendships? Now, there's nothing wrong, as we've mentioned many times. If this church has become unsound, please leave. Please leave. But this wonder is, is not that kind of, I leave because, because I can't fulfill my responsibilities here anymore. It's not safe. But it's the opposite. Now, another reason, what, I will ask you, what makes you leave your place? Specifically church, in this camp that we're talking about. Ron Quack has mentioned anger, right? A very common reason to wonder. When you first came, you took up membership. You said, I studied, I understood the teachings of the church. I, am, I see that this, this is the truth. It makes sense. Presbyterianism makes sense. It's biblical. Very vehement about it. Come up and took the membership vow and swore and all that. But the moment there is anger, unhappiness with someone else in church, we wonder. Ah, forget it. Let's go. Right? Another one is, why would you leave? For some, there's a sin that I want to keep in my life. That I want to go back to. But this church says that, or preaches against it. Makes it evident. I want to wonder. Go and find one that doesn't talk about this kind of things that I want in my life. Why, what makes you leave your place that you said, I am so sure God wants me to be here. At, at interviews, we ask, how do you know? I'm very sure God has shown me very clearly. Very soon, next thing, oh, something else, somewhere else. Now, are you someone that just find that I don't want to be tied down, I don't want to be settled? Now, I'm not asking you to be a member. Please always understand that in VPCWA. We don't want you to be a member unless you are truly convicted of his beliefs. You will support him. You will work with us to be united with us. Don't become a member simply because the you know, pastor say, 
if I don't take up membership, then I'm a wanderer. Okay, I just take up membership. I'm not saying that at all. Don't misunderstand me. Now, how do we know? Next thing is, well, those are some examples. Now, how do we know the place, the post? How do we know which one? Some of you there will be wondering. Mm. We always remind ourselves, the preceptive will of God. Say, I want to, how do I know this God's will? This God's will for me, this is the place for me. Preceptive will is always the place to start, right? We've always emphasized that. Using the word with an honest heart. No agendas. Because some people, they say, I, this is God's will, this is God's will, this is God's will. Because there is someone in the church I'm interested in. Alright? Then the moment the person gets married, not God's will anymore. We go to another church, scan, this is God's will. Many singles here, this is God's will. With an honest heart, choose based on what we have learned about church, what church should be. Now, preceptive will, of course you say, well, preceptive will, there's this commandments, general, I see this. But preceptive will leads, to, leads you to know the personal, your personal, God's personal will for you, your specific calling in life, your specific place. Is it Australia? Is it somewhere else? It leads to that. Understanding the principles, then using the principles to, to guide or to compare against the decision that you want to make. It will lead you to that. Which is why we keep emphasizing, study God's word. Very often when people say, oh, this is not the job for me. I want to change job. This is not the person. This is not the place. This is not. And when you ask the reasons, those are not biblical reasons. They can't think biblically. Are you excited, my friends, to use God's will to guide your life? The wanderer does not like that. What if I know God's word and then it is not what I want? So some people even try to avoid studying God's word. They want to feel where God is leading them. They want to hear, they want to see dreams. God gave me that dream. You know, last night, oh, those of you who have children in the children's program, those of some of you do not have, what we designed for the children's program is this little, this little lamp, all right, in a glass jar that they can carry about and put in their room so it lights up. Some who are not there, I see they're looking at each other, oh, I want that. Now, last night outside uh, my room, everyone was going out for the possum trail. By the way, did you see me at the possum trail? <laughs> Didn't, right? Anyone saw me on the trees? <laughs> I promised to... No, I couldn't go. Something popped up. Now, so, so when, when you think of the children, they were so excited, you know. They couldn't wait to go out with the lamb. I hope it is because they feel that, wow, well, now I can see the floor and all that. Alright, so that I don't trip. I think most of them are not like that. But they are excited to use it. The whole idea is to help them have a visual thing. I must use the Lamb of God, the Word, to guide my life. Are you excited? Am I excited? When it comes to those things, the wanderer tries to avoid anything that God's Word has in that area. Now then we come to the question, why should we stay in our place? God says, stay, don't be a wanderer. Now here God says, look at verse 8, As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. 
Now, the title today is The Best Place. The Best Place for Your Spiritual Growth. We studied what are the emotions, what are the things we should recognize as detrimental for our spiritual growth. We saw the things that we should embrace so that we have good spiritual growth. Embrace open rebuke. We saw the necessary craving we need to build in our life in order to have spiritual growth. But you know, at the end of all this, we need to be at the best place. You can resist, you can embrace, you can, you can um, um, build cravings for the Word of God, but you still need to know that you're walking in the will of God, in the best place that God, when He's before the foundation of the world, has already ordained for your life, your calling, your place, your post, your responsibilities, your office, your purpose, both, both, both um, perceptive and personal. That is the best place. God has ordained a place. Why should we stay in our place? Because when you remain where God intends for you, your place, you can be assured of God's presence, God's protection, God's provision. You can be assured of that. We remember Moses. Moses prayer to God. When God says, I'll send an angel. By the way, angels are extremely powerful. I'll send an angel. What was Moses' reply? Unless you, God, go with us. No point going. No point moving. As we always say, the angel, whatever angel, even the archangel, will be a incomparable, infinitely incomparable substitute for God. See, God says when uh, well, Moses understood the presence of God, the protection of God is the best thing. Where you want to, where you want us to go, unless you are there with us. But we choose to go somewhere else, right? So why should we stay in our place? We are assured of all this. When things go wrong, when things go very difficult, because you know you have sought the Lord's will, you won't be fickle-minded, you won't be discontented, you will stick at it. Because you know God will see me through this, whatever it is. In the job, you know, it's scary to spend a good part of your life in a job on earth and it is not God's will for you to be there. And somehow in your heart along the way you knew. Because you chose because of money, you chose because of position, you chose because of promotional opportunities, you chose because of all the carnal worldly things that the world said this is why you should be in a company or a job. In the rest of your life you always know in your heart, this is not the place. This is not the place. When things go wrong, you don't have that assurance. When you pray, there's always the convicting conviction in your heart. Even when God called me here, I've shared this with you all many times, this is the last place I would want to be in. So complex, so difficult. The rest of the other churches are so homogeneous, uniform in faith. 
and so on. This is the last place. But I know, I knew that every time when I kneel down and pray, if I become a pastor of another church, I will have no peace of heart. My conviction, my heart will keep convicting me and I will be fearful all the time because I know this is not where God wants me to be. This is why we must be in the place that God intended for us. It's the best place for your spiritual growth. And it will be the best place for you to be used of God. You'll be of greatest use to God. You can be, you can have all the talents, you can have all the knowledge, you can have all the abilities, but if you're in the wrong place, you may even achieve positions, uh, um, promotions, and money, but you're useless. When the Lord returns, or when we see Him before that, everything that you have achieved in that place that you wandered to will go up in smoke, wood, hay, and stubble. And you try and try, invite people to church, evangelize. You try all sorts of things. Now, I'm not saying that, that you go to a place, no one gets saved. You go there and share the gospel, no one gets saved. That's not your place. I'm not saying that. But you always know in your heart you are not useful. Spiritual usefulness. What are the dangers now? So we talk about why we must be in that place. But know the dangers. Now God says, this bird that flies off is dangerous. It's dangerous both for the bird itself and the nest. Leave the nest. Now Paul says in the New Testament, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. The same principle in the New Testament, the reminder for us. If you're called to singlehood, that was one of the things discussed in that chapter. If you're called to singlehood, that is your place in life. That is your post in life. That's your purpose in life. Don't wander away from it. Parents, do not keep giving your children the idea that when they grow up, they must get married. Do not. Instill in them, when you grow up, you must not wander from the place that God intends for you. Whether it's marriage, whether it's singlehood, whether it is whatever in life. Because sometimes we can plan that in people. Which is why I always discourage people in church. Please don't match me. Please don't tell people, hey, do you consider that guy? Do you consider that girl? You and I, we plant that seed in their mind to wonder. They may have settled in their heart. God has called me to singlehood. Of course, if they are choosing the wrong person, we should intervene and it's clear, unbeliever, carnal Christian. But do not plant this in people's heart. People have left church because of that, because people plant. Then when the person got married to someone else, the person could take it because it keeps growing in their mind. They, their minds are always wondering. My mind is wondering to, we will walk down the aisle together, right? So that is the nest that they're thinking of all the time. When you leave the place of God's will for you, marriage is, as Paul said, a good thing. But singlehood is not an evil thing. It's good as well, it's better. Alright, so please do not wonder from that calling. I, I liked what a single recently told me. 
She said, you know, we were not taught all these things. Now I begin to understand. Singlehood is a calling. It's a gift. And this person said, you know, if I were to leave that calling and just get married to another Christian, no one, well, I guess no one will know, right? But then where is the example of what singlehood, Christian singlehood is like on earth for God? If I wonder from that, when God intended for me to be that single woman, how I serve, how I live, my old age till the day I die, how I use my singlehood. He said, I never had such examples in my life. That's why I do not know what's, what singlehood, a gift, a better, what it is. It's, it's not, it doesn't make sense. God's word doesn't make sense. But if there was an auntie that was like that, she lived, she did not wander from her calling, she lived her singlehood, I would have seen, you know, God would use you to show what it, fulfilling that calling in your life is about. We should not promote singlehood or promote marriage. Promote the place of God in everyone's life. It is true. You would throw away. What is the danger? You throw away the, th the very thing that God says is a gift to you and I will use you. And you will be such a wonderful testimony for the next person whom I'm going to give that gift to and they will all serve so wonderfully and usefully for me, for my kingdom. The danger of throwing away what God will use you so powerfully for. The next danger is you walk out of God's preceptive will into His chastative will, right? We studied that in great detail already. So you know what that means. You may be in a place and no one knows that it is not God's will. But you know in your heart, everything keeps going wrong. You know it's chastative. Doesn't mean when things go wrong, you go wrong and tell people, you are in chastity. <laughs> Please don't do that. You will know in your heart. Now, what happens when the bird leaves the nest? Now, they are not talking about going to get food. Eh? We are talking about wonder, right? Follow others around. By the way, one of the things I believe we want, why we would wonder is the chirping of the other birds. Alright, if you want to put it back up there, the chirping of other birds. You see, it now has its responsibility, it's there, and then keeps hearing all the free and easy birds there, singing, laughing, chasing one another, and then the bird remembers, ah, oh, I used to have that life. Right? I used to have that life. Maybe I'll go and play with them for a while. Then when you're there, you forget time. Then after some time, you come back, I'm bored. Bored with God's calling. Bored with God's place for you. Some things in life are very clear. You don't need to know whether it's God's will or not, right? Fathers, you are supposed to work. You, you don't, I, I'm bored. Maybe it's not God's will for me to work. Students, you're called to study at this point of life. While you always put the kingdom of God as the overarching purpose of all things, but you must study. That's your purpose. Daddy, I don't know whether it's God's will for me to study. Right? When you're eight-year-old. Even in the adult say, stop talking rubbish. How can we say I'm bored? How can we say I'm restless? So, sorry. So, back to the dangers. 
Now, another danger is this. We become quitters. Quitters. Let me study about pressing towards the mark. Quitters are seldom winners. You want to win this race? In other words, fulfill this race well? Win the praise of Christ, saying, well done? The wanderer will not hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, by the way, let me ask you one question. You say, I do not want to wander. All right? I want to stay my course. Because I want to hear the Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why do you want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Why? You say, well, because then after that, God says, wow, you know, be rulers of many things. I want to rule. I want to have all these things. I want to have the praise of God. So some people say, no, it's not for things that God will give to me. Then they say, it's for the praise of God. Why do you want to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did not wonder. You stayed in the post. You stayed in your place. You stayed and fulfilled the purpose that I had for you. Why do you want to hear that? I feel me asking a question. <laughs> Maybe I just ask one. Uh, Thomas, why do you want to hear God say, Thomas, well done, you good bird. <laughs> Didn't have your coffee this morning, all right? No time, all right? Well done. Now, when you see your child do something, and then, as a parent say, well done. They'll jump for joy. Alright, they jump for joy. You didn't promise them any present, you didn't present promise them any gift, but Jesus, just you hear you say well done. They are very happy. We want to hear well done. Simply because when God says well done, means I did not let you down. I did not let God down. I did not fail him. I'm so thankful they say you did not stray. Well done. It's simply because I know when my life was on earth, I did not fail him. I fulfilled the purpose that he called me for. I pleased him. Not because I want to hear his praise. Hearing his praise is just that assurance to us. I like what the child said at 1DHW. And, say, this, that, this. and she said, I said, we, we asked the question, what, how would you feel when you meet Christ? And Christ did not say, well done to you. Hmm? Christian? And she just said this word, I will feel very sad. So we thought, well, because no gift, right? No praise, right? He said, I will feel that I have let God down. I have let Christ down. She understood. How many of us as adults understand that we want to wonder? When we wonder, you know what's the danger for us at the end? We see many Christians, God say, well done, well done, and then they all go in field. We did not disappoint you. Thank God by your grace. Well, God go, and then when we, the wanderer come, what will God say? Well done, well done, well done, well done. Well, done. Finish, well, done already. Too late. Well, done. For some of us, will that be that? The wanderer. What is another danger? Well, besides quitting, 
Now the worst thing besides quitting is at least quitting, we acknowledge. Okay, I change my mind again. All right, I quit, or I change, I change to someone else, something else, some some other place again. I quit. What is worse than that? What is worse than that for the wanderer who has a fickle heart, who quit actually, but do not acknowledge it? What do I mean by that? There's this danger of wanderers, like I said in the beginning, right? They tell you, I'm very sure this is God's will. Whether it's a job, whether it's a person, whether it's a calling in life, a place, a church, I'm very sure this is God's will. Then the next time you ask them, but you said you were sure the last time, right? Oh, no, 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 no. You know, but then this happened, and then that happened, and then that thing ended up like that. Now, I'm not saying that, that when things go wrong and we have to change and we're clear in God's will, we should still stay the course. I'm not saying that. But the wanderer, the danger of the wanderer is, we will begin to attribute, we will begin to attribute our will, our desires to God's will. No, this is what God wants. That is the greatest danger of the wanderer. Your heart is wandering. Your heart is fickle. Your heart doesn't want to settle. Now in marriage, you and I better be very, very subtle in our hearts. If you're not subtle in your heart, right, when that door knock comes. <laughs> Actually, I don't know whether Reverend quite knew, the Reverend quite knows, I didn't share this with you. This is real, what you shared is very real. There's a place during my business travel, China. It's a place, the moment I land, I make sure I go straight to the hotel room. I make sure I tell the cab driver, this is the hotel, don't drive me to any other hotel. Because they will drive you to some other hotel. Alright? They drive you to some hotel, hotel where they have the woman that Reverend quite discovered waiting at the door. Alright? It's real. This happens. We all tell each other that, be careful. And the moment I land there, the first night I was not careful. Alright? I thought, okay, correct hotel. Alright? Went down to the supermarket to buy things. Alright? To buy some snacks that Sharon liked. Then when I was walking, I noticed there's a woman always carrying a bag, an empty one, right? That keep going to the same aisle as me. Looking at the same things as me, just trailing. It's real. You go back to your room, they follow. They literally knock on your door. So remember, it's real. He probably heard it from his congregation member as well. If your heart is not settled, no photograph on the table. Is going to help. Nothing is going to help. The subtle, that heart, right? Don't rationalize. Don't rationalize. You can fool everyone else. You can convince people of your calling. But you know in your heart. Now the last thing is a wanderer is seldom prosperous spiritually. Wondering seldom prosperous spiritually. The bird that goes off, what do you think is going to happen to the nest? What do you think is going to happen to it? God, God says, the bird that wanders from her nest is her nest. Her nest, not someone else's nest. That is what God has placed there for you to produce fruitfulness, to care for something, to, and God will use you, He will help you. You choose another nest, it won't be fruitful. You can be doing something at work and all that. There's no spiritual fruitfulness. I say fruitful, I'm not talking about, well, you're doing well, you're paid well, you're promoted and all that. This is spiritual fruitfulness. Right? Seldom 
already because it's not useful you seldom be spiritually prosperous and you will not be prosperous spiritually for yourself as well you will go downhill beware of people like that beware that we don't become people like that don't be a wanderer now today I want to end on time and early and that reminds me to talk about this end well end well end well all the things that you learn in the Bible how to end well for example here all right we've been learning the last few days embrace open rebuke right resist things that emotions that are going to cause you to go downhill build cultivate hunger for spiritual things will it last will it last will you end well because the bird that goes off seldom ends well now this documentary that I watched was quite difficult to watch all right there are some people that they set up cameras on high buildings or, or trees to document birds the face of their life there was these two birds they as, as, as we know the female was pregnant both both flew around started to build the nest very high up in a very tall cathedral very high up but it was a very safe place then well they mend their pose the chicks the chicks no baby birds what are they call all right the little birds all right the babies they hatched and then they grew of course they can't fly yet all right but throughout they watch they of course they fast forward and all that there was another bird who was pregnant but this bird did not want to build a nest all right there are some people like that right they just they want to walk in and take over this bird literally wanted to walk in and take over and she knew that that is a good place that is a good nest she kept trying to chase the parents away of course the parents met as long as they met their post everything was fine in fact every time the parent go out and get food this bird will come this bird of prey right very vicious will come and attack and then they will fight and then the, she will usually fly because she's pregnant maybe not so strong now but over time don't know what happened to one of the one of the birds i can't tell male or female i don't know whether they knew one of them just never came back just one manning it so it goes out get food it's careful nearby get and then come back it was still safe whenever she goes you see the bird coming trying to attack the babies she will come back she made her post she stayed her course she know she knew her purpose but over time don't know what happened as well the documenter said not very sure but when this time when the bird goes out it goes out for very long exactly like what the bible says she goes out for very long and then comes back but during that period the time when she goes out for very long or he goes out for very long one of them that the bird of prey came back came each time she see quite long came and they saw how this this bird of prey ripped apart this little baby that's why it's very difficult to watch ripped apart the little baby even when the when, when the bird of prey came the little babies they do not know anything better 
They just open their mouth thinking that it's to be fed. Then from I think three or four became two. They said, well, this at least let one survive. Then eventually left one. Still the same. The bird flew off for very long. This time came back. But now the bird grew up stronger, alright? The bird could fight. No longer let this, this bigger one rip it apart. But she, she, this little one still could not fly, could not defend itself too well. But this bird could not rip the bird apart. You know what it did? It picked it up and it flew very high, as high as it could. And make sure that the bird is, is, is he let go and let the bird crash all the way down and splatter. It was very difficult to watch. I followed the life of this bird. When you leave your post, fathers, your responsibilities for the nest, mothers as well, you see one by one your child go all right. When are you going to wake up? Same for the singles. You leave your post and you say one by one the things in your life. God is merciful, chastise you, show you. And you still want to wonder, wonder. Because I'm bored, because I'm restless. You know your post. Students, young ones, you know what you ought to be as a Christian. That is your calling. We keep teaching you. We try to use as many examples as possible. We show you the trends of the world from Korea, the, the K-pop movement. You know, why? Trying to help you understand what that bird of prey is doing. He's always watching you. Don't think for a moment, parent. Satan, the adversary, is not walking around, circling your home, watching your life and your children's life and waiting to come in. And the thing that you see, what the bird does that is so terrible, is nothing to what Satan has planned for you as a single, for your children, for your family. Don't be a wonder. End well. That documentary did not end well. What would your life be when you meet Christ? Last thing I want to say is this. To end well, well, we have some of the things we have learned here. It is not taking notes in in, in, um, in, during messages. That is very good. We want you to do that so that you go back and revise it. You internalize. Parents, don't be very happy my children is taking. I'm taking. It's not about a classroom theo theology. You copy and you know the lessons. And you copy very good notes. That is just the start. That is just the very bottom foundation of your nest. Very, very basic. It is really living out what God wants you to do in life. It's living it, living everything that you've learned at this camp. Stay at it till you die. And well, so that when you meet Christ, it's not well done, but be well done. And we know we have not let him down. No more chance after that. Can't say, God, give me one more chance. I go back, I live right. I want you to be happy. No more such chances. Let us pray.